listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus began to reproach the towns where most of his mighty deeds had been done since they had not repented. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would long ago have repented in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And as for you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? Will you go down to the netherworld? For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. The Gospel of the Lord. My brothers and sisters, may the Lord give you his peace. Amen. Amen. You have picked a beautiful day to visit the shrine. Wow. Just a beautiful day here. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. And as you know, tomorrow is the 13th of the month, so we're going to have a kind of a big day. So please come back tomorrow if you can and bring your friends. We have Bishop Perry here from Chicago and Father Joshua from the community of St. John Canchin and Father Matthias from the Friars of the Immaculate. So it's like a big party happening here at the shrine, it's wonderful. Um, praise God, um, and we know the 13th of July, if you uh, allow me to preach today on uh, in a homily that would have been appropriate for tomorrow, the, the bishop will be preaching tomorrow, so today's my shot, okay? <laughs> so um, that, the the program of the shrine here, we kind of follow the, the layout of the apparitions of Mother Mary at Fatima. So you remember May 13th was the first apparition Mother Mary came to those three shepherd children in that field in the countryside of Portugal. And then they came back on the 13th of every month. So uh, May 13th till October 13th, which was the last apparition when uh, somewhere around 90,000 people were there and the sun miraculously danced in the sky. And um, we kind of follow that every year. It's just wonderful the way the, the program for the shrine here unfolds. I just, I'm loving it. I'm still uh, kind of new. so. How long can I say I'm new? All right, it's been four months. But um, so tomorrow being July 13th, there, there's a little something that happened in that apparition, which I'm sure they'll talk about tomorrow. But I kind of felt like it matched the readings today really well. And so I thought, let me preach on that a little bit. So one of the things that happened in that July 13th apparition became known as part of the secrets of Fatima. And that was that the Blessed Mother allowed the three little children to see a vision of hell. They saw a vision of hell. And Mother Mary taught them that you have seen hell where people go who die in their sins, people who have rejected God's mercy. And then she told the children, so pray. No, they had nobody to pray for them. And that is a remarkable message. And it certainly is consistent what we see in the Bible, what the church has always believed and taught. And um, it it takes a little explaining, so I'm going to try to go for it, okay? Um, so we're going to go on a, just a mini little journey today. I hope you're ready. So 
uh, when you have been living your faith, you're trying to learn about the things of God, little by little by little, the Holy Spirit leads you to a place, which what I would call integration, where you start to get a sense of how this all this stuff fits together. The Bible, the church teaching, Catholic spirituality and theology, how does all of this fit together? And um, there are some building blocks. You can almost imagine, you know, it says in the Bible that the church is kind of like a building. You know, it's the, the temple and it's fit together with all these stones. This chapel is a great metaphor for us, right? See how these stones fit together to make the building? And uh, it's very similar in uh, Catholic theology. And so some of those stones are the following. First of all, God is real. God is real. God is good. All good, 100% good. Not one ounce of bad or evil. God is pure goodness. God is just. God is merciful. God is all-powerful, and God is all-knowing. He's omniscient. He knows everything. And when you, you pull together all of those beautiful details of what we know about God, we start to, to have questions. And uh, it, you'll see this playing out in a lot of places in the Bible. If God is all-good, and he's all-knowing, and he's all-powerful, uh, then how could there be evil in the world? You know, how could there be a hell? Would a loving God send people to burn for eternity in a place of punishment and sadness? How, how do we integrate and hold these things together? This is like my favorite topic. We're, sw we're swimming in the deep end of the swimming pool here, okay? I know, I may need Brother Pius to throw me a life preserver so I don't drown, okay? Um, but it is clear that the image that we get in the Bible is an image of God who does care about right and wrong. There is such a thing as right and wrong, and he does care about it. He's given us the gift of free will so that we could live lives of goodness and love, but it's a little bit like a double-edged sword because the same free will that makes goodness and love possible is, if it's truly free, also makes evil possible. And uh, sometimes in theology, they'll call that God's great risk, that the Lord took a risk on freedom and love. Um, and so uh, we have an image of the Lord who is concerned about what happens here. He is concerned about how we live, the choices we make. He is concerned about good and evil and about sin. You know, he, he is concerned about that. And when we die, we will be judged by God. For some people, that's a terrifying thought. <laughs> For other people, that's a consoling thought. You know, it's interesting. And so we have this reality that's been revealed to us that uh, the Lord um, is calling us to use our freedom for goodness and love. But here's, the, here's where the crisis might come in because human experience, we realize sometimes bad things happen to good people. It doesn't feel right, does it? It's like, why? Why would bad things happen to good people? We could come up with a huge list and examples, maybe even in our own life or people we know and love. And conversely, sometimes good things happen to bad people. <laughs> that doesn't feel right either, right? It's like, if God is all good and all loving and all powerful and all knowing, shouldn't it be the case that only good things happen to only good people? 
and oh, bad things happen to bad people. That feels right. <laughs> but yet there's the mystery of, of human experience. And as the Bible wrestled with that topic, little by little by little, this theme was being explored. And little by little by little, the Holy Spirit was leading God's people into a deeper place of understanding. And that revelation came to a high point when Jesus died on the cross. His death on the cross revealed the most horrible evil that would ever be done in history. And at the same time, the same cross of Jesus revealed the utter depths of God's love and mercy. Both things were laid bare for what they were in that one moment when he offered himself out of love for us. That alone is something that you could ponder for the rest of your life, right? But one of the things that developed in the Bible, this wrestling with the question of good and evil and God's judgment, and that had to do with the eschatological perspective. And in the terms of the Bible, it's known as, quote, the day of judgment. I would love to teach all of you a class. We explore what does that mean? We see it in multiple places in the Bible, but what, what came to be revealed is that whatever happens here on earth is not the last story. It's not the last detail. That on the other side, when we're all on the other side, the judgment of God will be revealed not just on each one of our own lives, that's known as your particular judgment, which happens as soon as you die, but God's judgment on history as a whole. That's also known as the general judgment or the last judgment. And, and are you ready for this? In all eternity, brothers and sisters, here's what we're gonna be doing. We are going to be marveling. We're going to be completely, what they say in England, gobsmacked. And you're so surprised, you're just like, what? You know, for all eternity, we are going to be pondering and praising God for the ways that his love and his goodness worked in history and the way he triumphed over evil and over sin, including our own, including our own evil and sin, the way his mercy and the way his love ultimately wins the day. We are going to be so surprised, you know, and that uh, the accountability and the judgment of God on evil you know, particularly as we don't always see that playing out here, but it does play out in eternity. So in that case, nobody ever gets away with anything. That comment probably is terrifying for some of us and it's consoling for others. You know, it doesn't feel right that people do horrible things and then get away with it, right? That feels contrary to what should be. And the truth has been revealed that nobody actually gets away with anything. You know, that in the... in the eschaton in the other side at the end of time in the presence of God who is outside of time and space, the fullness of his justice and mercy will be poured out. And um, his judgment, not just on each one of us, but his judgment on history as a whole, the way everything that's ever happened here interacted with, it, with itself, all of that will be laid bare and we will be completely and totally surprised and we will just be overwhelmed with gratitude and thanksgiving. And we will be um, praising the Lord. You know, there's so many other ways he could have done it. He could have just created robots who did what they were told. He could have related to his creation as a cruel master who, you know, immediately threw lightning bolts down at people who disobeyed. You know, like there are all these other versions and there are religions that believe that about God. But what's been revealed, the truth about God, is that 
He is love and his love and his mercy are what will be victorious. And that is amazing. And that is the context by which we understand that vision that the children at Fatima received of, of hell and the message that this is where people go who reject God's love and mercy, people who refuse to repent of their sins and who are um, obstinate and stubbornly against the Lord. And so Mother Mary says to the children, so pray for them. So they received a mission from God as little children to pray. And at the end of each decade of the rosary, we pray that prayer that Mother Mary gave us at Fatima. Oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Save us from the fires of hell. Have mercy on the whole world, especially those in most need of your mercy. And that somehow our prayers, and I don't fully think I kind of understand this, which is probably you're on a good track if you don't fully understand, right? Is that maybe in some cases, for some people, they need a little extra grace to get there. You know, God gives the grace of salvation that everybody needs. He gives that in his love. But for some people who misuse their free will and reject that grace, maybe they need a little extra. And that's where we come in, that God has invited us. The Lord God Almighty has invited us to cooperate with the coming of his kingdom. That through our lives, through our prayer, through our sacrifices, that we can somehow... And again, language fails to capture. Somehow we can win the grace for others or we can redirect God's grace to others. And when we get there and we're going to realize that the, the grace of repentance of sin that we have is because other people prayed for us. You know, I, I'm aware of that, you know, uh, that we received blessings because other people loved us and prayed for us. And that we became an instrument of blessing for others through our prayer, through our love. So the, the concluding thought is beautiful. And it's this. God never gives up on anyone. And neither should we. Amen. You've been listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars, The Renewal. Please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media, CFR underscore Franciscans.